Hey, this is Claire from the Hallowed Catharsis, and you're listening to the JP Dub Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the JP Dub Podcast, Episode 7, Force Mutation. Force Mutation. That's right. We're back in the house again with another killer cut for you boys and ghouls out there. And with us on this episode is a killer guitarist from Vancouver from the band The Howl Catharsis. Everybody, please give a huge fucking round of applause for Claire Lamb. Claire Lamb. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, stoked. <laughs> I, I feel uh, that sort of entrance, I should have come in with like pig squeals and whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Get your uh, inner, um, God, where are the devourment on or something? Oh, yeah, dude. Or um, epicardiectomy. There you go. Have there you, you go. seen uh, that live video at, uh, I think it's Mountains of Death? And because it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but when he talks, he's like, show me, show me your fucking hammers. Like his voice <laughs> is really high pitched. That I, I cannot say I have, but maybe I need to go check that shit out. Oh, dude, it's, it's iconic. Like all the comments are like, show me. And uh, yeah, in my, me and my band, it's like an inside joke all the time. We're just like, show me, show me. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your band, you guys got an EP you put out what, uh, this past June? Yeah, yeah. It came out in June. Uh, my band, they've been around for quite some time, but I uh, joined the band in uh, October-ish coming up. Uh, I guess next month will be two years for me in the band. So uh, Killowner, the EP that just came out, it was all written beforehand, but I did get to record uh, for that EP. So me and Kyle, the other guitarist, were each playing on that. And then uh, now we are writing what will be the next album. So I'm a part of that writing process and I'm very excited. Yeah, very nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, would you guys? What label are you guys on again? We're on Lacerated Enemy. Okay. And we uh, just got on that label for the Kelowna release, so that's nice. exciting to be signed. And uh, our our buddies, uh, Proto Sequence, who's a death metal band from Alberta, they also got signed uh, around the exact same time. And we are the only Canadian bands on the roster, so it's cool to have like our homeboys, good friends on the same uh, label as the. Uh, canada representation <laughs> hell yeah um you being from canada and everything uh, there's a lot of from what i gather um the metal community out there is kind of very tight i mean and even out here in the states i mean it, being all over with various bands i've been in throughout the years um 
it's it's a very tight niche community uh well i don't know if you're aware of or if you're a fan of which you probably are so i'm probably putting my foot in my mouth but cryptopsy um we've had mike DeSalvo on the show uh awesome. great guy uh him and like luke lemay from gore guts you know and, and, and lord worm they're always like fucking kicking it and hanging out or like this canadian yeah. death metal legends and shit yeah it's fucking awesome yeah the montreal uh metal scene especially yeah. like that's where all those bands come from that's that shit is tight i think it's cool i mean like it goes like everywhere even in the states you have like the different regions and mm-hmm. like a certain style comes out of there uh like i even noticed like that the sorts of death metal in alberta differs to the death metal here in vancouver and even like the bands that sort of come from victoria over on uh, vancouver island are even different to like mainland bands here it's it's pretty cool what's it like uh so what's what's your guys' scene out like where you're at in vancouver i mean do you you know speaking of like regions and scenes and everything because you would think I mean, well, first of all, with death metal, it's it's really, you know, let's face it, this ain't like early 90s where you had like Tampa and shit and there was just like a huge awesome scene with, you know, like corpse and obituary and everybody fucking slaying it. But like we're right next to Chicago, like 20 minutes out of Chicago. And they're, I've been playing, you know, grindcore, death grind, whatever you want to call it for almost 20 years. I don't even know what it is anymore. I was 15 to 20. I don't even fucking know anymore. But uh <laughs> there's been moments where it seemed like there was a scene, but it's just like, it it really kind of comes and goes. And you would think with like a huge city, like Chicago, there would be some kind of awesome scene going on there, but there really isn't, you know, I mean, they Mm. do, they have the venues and yeah, you'll get cannibal corpse or whoever coming through to like the house of blues or something, but there isn't really like a good scene of good underground bands. Like what? So I guess my question to you is like in Vancouver and kind of where you're at, is there something out there where there is a tight community of like a good crop of fucking bands that like, Hey man, I'm friends with this band and they fucking kill it. And I'm friends with this guy in that band and they're killing it. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a pretty decent scene here. Like I know lots of uh, local bands, just friends that are in bands that are like awesome fucking bands and we're right. all like kind of small scale, hoping to get like Archspire level, you know, that's pretty much like, any any Vancouver extreme metal band like looks to Arch Spire's path is like that would be sick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's lots of awesome local bands here. And I mean I like because of the pandemic, I don't know how much venues have suffered, but there's also like quite a few decent venues here. Whereas Edmonton, where I'm from, back when I was a teenager, there were so many fucking venues and it was like metal shows every goddamn week sometimes like multiple in one week and in recent years like venue after venue has been closing down or they're just like we're not doing metal anymore and uh i don't know that's sad to see like there's not too many places for metal shows in edmonton anymore i guess there there aren't like too many places in vancouver either but there's like the standard venues like the rickshaw or the astoria Mm-hmm. but uh i guess like well bigger shows there'd be at, like the commodore and shit but as far as like a community i think i think there's lots of uh really awesome bands here and everybody's pretty tight when i first moved here and was going to metal shows uh i thought everybody was was way more stuck up because like 
Alberta throws down pretty hard in the mosh pit, right? <laughs> so, Alberta! Yeah, like, I don't know if it's just, like, the, the like, eight or nine-month winter, everybody's so fucking pissed and depressed at how cold it is that you just, like, everybody <laughs> goes wild. Putting people in sharpshooters and shit. Yeah, so so when I first moved here and I was going to lots of metal shows, there would just be no mosh pits and people were just like kind of like watching and I'd try to start mosh pits and it just w- wasn't the same kind of mm-hmm. vibe. And I was like, what the fuck? Metal scene here sucks. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem that way. I don't know if my perception changed or if the scene itself actually changed because yeah, when I've gone to shows more recently, especially at the rickshaw, there's usually like a massive fucking pit going on as long as uh, bands are thrown down. So I don't know if that was just like, yeah, some weird perception I had or if that was actually happening when I first moved here. I don't know. I don't know. It's great when people can actually throw down a, a lot of the problem, unless we played with like, oh no, we've played from some pretty good sized crowds too, where uh, maybe it's just us or the people don't know how to react to us or what, but it's like people, some people will start a pit and then they're just a lot of, it's like you said, a lot of people are just kind of standing there like, and I get it. If you're fucking old dude, you know, I'm, I mean, getting up there. <laughs> so my, my body's hurt from all the dumb shit I did on stage. Uh, so I try to avoid the pit sometimes, but uh, I just never really got like a lot of people just didn't know what to do, you know? And it's like, you don't have to really go out and beat someone up or whatever, but just go out, move around, do, do something. But I always hated the fucking uh what what is that like the is that the death core or the supposed what people consider hardcore dancer where they're just helicopter spinning oh, their dude. arms they look like such fucking turds yeah i hate that God. i hate that i actually i have a pretty good uh story about that so uh this must have been when i was like 15 or 16 when I when I first started playing guitar and I had uh, this guitar teacher and he was in a band at the time called um, I think it was called This Is War and he was playing an all ages show at some fucking like community hall rec center type place and he invited me so I went with my friend and this time of my life I was like very goth so I had these like huge fucking uh, chain buckled steel toed <laughs> boots like mass like they were heavy it was like a workout to walk around in them right and we go to this show and it, it was a metal band but i guess it was like it had attracted more of the like core type and i had never been to a core show and there was a guy there doing the like intent to hurt rather than moshing yeah. if people get hurt that's just like an it's a accident nature you know? of the beast yeah yeah if you fall over you help each other up like it's it's still a good vibes place mm-hmm. but this was all bad vibes like you could tell he his intent was to hurt and he had his girlfriend there or something and he would pick her up and swing her around so that her feet would like hit people in the head and stuff and I was so pissed off because I, I couldn't mosh. Like at the time I was very small. I was like 15 years old. I was like 110 pounds or something. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get fucking knocked out if I try right. to mosh with this person. So eventually he stops and he's watching the band. And so his back is to the pit. <laughs> and I said, I need to teach this dude a lesson because he needs a taste of his own medicine. And I walked up behind him. And again, I'm wearing these like insane boots. And I like front kicked him as hard as I could <laughs> square in the back of his spine, just fucking. <laughs> and he like 
uh, like got so fucked up. He he had to leave. He left. And I was <laughs> I was so excited because I was like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Like if you don't do that. So he left and then everyone was moshing and having a good time. Just light shoves, just, you know way better vibes after he left so see, that's what i'm talking about that's the way to handle it when when you see people like that you're just, the best thing you could do is just walk up and fucking jack them and get them the hell out of here you know yeah yeah most of those like, guys are uh at least in my experience going across country um what the fucking underground metal is uh a lot of those dudes are what do you call it the straight edge guys mm-hmm. you know and it's like all these straight edge dudes have a fucking holier than thou or like at least most of them that I've come across, you know, I don't, I don't want to get canceled. God forbid it's 2020. Everybody shits on me because I have <laughs> yeah. a fucking opinion. But uh, <laughs> a lot of those guys are all just fucking, they have shitty attitudes and they want to fight all the time. And like, I'm a guy, yeah. it's like, I'll fight if I have to. I don't want to. I like to get yeah. along with everybody. But douchebags like that, they just, they have no room. You know, they need to get the hell out. And I, I wonder why they're so grumpy. How, maybe their dicks are tiny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> too don't much know. of that vegan pasta. <laughs> Not enough uh, iron in their blood from the meat or something, and they're just <laughs> or in their metal, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, those oh. fucking guys. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that though. That that sort of like holier than thou vibe. Yeah, or like I don't know, they feel better than everyone else, or whatever that is. And most of the time, know. their their music is fucking god awful. It's like, who who are you better than? Yeah. Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'll give you that. No, I can't even give you that, and I fucking hate Lincoln Park. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I don't so you know. say you started playing it like what, fifteen? Well, yeah. I don't I don't like to count the early years because uh when I was a teenager I was like hard into uh, substance abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so when I first started playing guitar I like did not play guitar. I picked it up like once every couple months and was like I'm going to try to play this Slayer song or like this <laughs> Pantera thing and that was like it. Uh, but I, I started playing piano when I was eight and I did like full classical piano. Nice. And then again, like a teenager totally dropped away from that stuff. So I think that helped me a lot. And then, I think piano is a great transition instrument into guitar. They're very similar. Yeah. But, and you're a musician. You get it. You know, that makes sense. Everybody yeah. else that doesn't get that. Yeah. It's totally foundational. And then, uh, when I was, I guess 19 is when I, uh, decided I guess I wanted to go to music school so I got a teacher to help me with the audition and so then I that's why I moved here was to do a classical guitar program so and that was only like three years or two and a half years that I did that for but uh, when you do classical if uh, if piano isn't your major it has to be your minor that's how important piano is so I I got to major in guitar, minor in piano and do the whole classical thing. And I think those years, like if my, if my growth a guitar was like this, then going to music school was like that, you know, it was, it was really uh, helpful for me to sort of like catch up. Cause when I was in high school, I had friends that I like really looked up to cause they were in bands and they were playing shows and they were fucking killer musicians. And I wanted to do that so badly, but I was so fucking shy i was like way too scared to play in front of anybody so i just like dreamed of it and actually um the guitarist of 
proto-sequence, who's our uh, label mates over in Alberta. His name's Parker. He's like one of my oldest friends. And he's one of the people that like when I was in high school, I looked up to him because he was playing in bands. We were going to his shows all the time. And he's really good guitarist. And I was like, I just... I wish I had the courage and also the discipline. I right. lacked both at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you built it up. And I mean, that's awesome to be able to go to school for, you know, a guy like me. I was like, I was so, my story with like, because I, I'm a vocalist, but I do, uh, guitar was like my first passion. You know, I'm nowhere near being like up to the skill level of you. And I used to, in high school, I used to be pretty damn good. I used to be able to read sheet music because I did jazz guitar and stuff. And then that's, that's like something, if you don't keep up with it, it's, you know, practice makes perfect boys and girls. Yeah. 100%. I used to, uh, I used to be so envious of my friends because when I was a kid and I'm talking like back maybe like anywhere between eight to 10 to 12 years old, all of my friends were getting guitars and like I was in the music at a really young age, like heavily where, you know, I was playing games with my brother and uh, uh, as far as like, what band is this on the radio? And that's how I learned like so much, you know, like Black Sabbath or Deep Purple or whoever was on, you know, and learned a bunch about classic rock and, uh, you know, early heavy metal and stuff. And I just I got so hooked and I wanted to play so fucking bad. And then I really as a kid, I got into Nirvana and that kind of expanded my musical horizons to the fullest and really got me into punk rock, which I'm so grateful for because that's pretty much, I mean, it's metal and punk are where my heart and soul lie. And that's probably why I got into grindcore because it's, it's metal and punk rock, right? Yeah. It's like the perfect <clears throat> fusion of the two. But uh, I, I just remember being jealous of kids and uh, getting guitars. And I remember for Christmas, I forgot how old I was. Maybe I was like 10 at the time, 12. I don't remember, but I got this fucking guitar, right? And this wasn't even a, f a real fucking guitar. It was like a uh, something you plugged into your computer. It was all fucking plastic. Like the neck and the fretboard, there was no real strings. And there was like four really hard wires. They weren't guitar strings like at the bass where, where you fucking pluck and everything. And you put this program in. And it was like teaching you how to learn all this fucking 80s cock rock and shit. And I think <laughs> the one good song was like Five Minutes Alone by Pantera on there. And I, I remember being so pissed off about that. Yeah. I, I got this shit for Christmas or my birthday. I can't remember which one, but I like I hopped on that for a second just to give it a shot, even though I had a bad taste in my mouth about it. See, man, this fucking sucks. I went in my room. I busted that motherfucker up. I was like, oh. hey, my ass getting a good time with me. Um, yeah, that sounds then, terrible, whatever the fuck that thing was. Yeah, it was It was some weird... I don't know. I'll have to look that up because it was fucking awful. Um, some like proto-guitar hero fucking thing. Yeah, I was so I was so jealous. So I, I used to have a, bas a baseball bat, a toy baseball bat. I'd sit in my room neck like I was like oh, rocking no. out the shit. That's, that's how bad I wanted to play. So when I finally got one, uh, this is all leading up to my main point here. When I got one, um, I was probably a freshman in high school and I, I play left-handed, which sucks because oh, yeah. it's, it's really hard to come across a decent instrument. And right now I got like a left-handed Schecter, like it, it's older, like Omen 6 or whatever, but they're great guitars. Like if the North Koreans built missiles, like they built these guitars, you know, <laughs> we're all in trouble. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but uh, so I, I got this fucking guitar and like, it just became my everything. I like, I fucking, I slept with this damn thing. I would come home like after school and like, put on black Sabbath. We sold our soul for rock and roll. And that was like, I would just by ear 
learning how to play everything. And uh, I remember getting into uh, jazz band in high school was by accident. Like I was, I was really a fledgling player still. And they threw me in the jazz band and you want to talk about, talk about being scared as fuck. <laughs> like I'm sitting down and I'm like, Oh my God. You know, like, yeah. So what, do, what do I play? And they're giving me charts and shit in front of me. And I, I almost shit a brick. I, I didn't know what to do. I like just turned my amp real low and uh, I acted like I was playing something, but oh, I ended up doing it yeah. for three years and I did learn to read and play. And it was probably some of the most fun times I've had in music with like That's a big awesome. band like that. Cause I, I, you know, I became a huge fan of like Frank Zappa and all that, like experimenting and with different instruments, like you're saying with playing the piano and being versatile and, I have a really good friend of mine, shout out to my buddy, Chris Davis, who uh, just got his master's degree from Vandercook in uh, Illinois. And that guy, he's a beast. I remember like when we were kids and he's ripping up, he's like 13, 14, he's ripping up Stevie Ray Vaughan shit, just like rude mood, you know, like just like ripping it up. And I'm like, motherfucker. Damn, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And and he's played for, he played for Obama when he was a president and shit. Um, Holy fuck. That's crazy, man. And he's a music teacher. So it's, I have total respect for you and being able to go anybody that's going to school um, for music, you know, and that's just, that's so awesome. It is, it is a tough, tough medium to really master unless you're passionate about it. Then it's just, it's second nature. Cause once, like I said, when I was sleeping with my guitar, I'd, I'd lay down and have it right next to my bed because I would wake up. And it was the first thing I would grab when I came home from school. It's the first thing I went to. I'd lock myself in my room. Like I was so passionate about it. And I still am, even though I just with kids and stuff, you don't get much time yeah. to do, uh, you know, guitar. Yeah, I mean, stuff. it's a lot easier for me to make gurgling noises and scream. And shit. Yeah. So that's why I just do that right now. But uh, yeah, shout out to you. Kudos to you for that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You sound very uh, passionate about it indeed. Yeah, it's it's guitar, yeah. you know. I mean, was was guitar like your first instrument that you really wanted to get down with or was it piano or Piano, I was I was fully obsessed with like way before I ever discovered metal or anything. Uh mm-hmm. like classical music is my first love for Great. sure. And uh when I was a kid, I really loved Mozart especially and then I found out he was like this child prodigy and shit and I was very nerdy so I was like oh my god maybe like I could be like him and I could be crazy good at piano as a kid so I asked uh, my parents for piano lessons and then started doing like classical stuff and I would like blindfold myself and try to play because Mozart did that I would try to play like backwards I learned uh, the fucking Star Wars theme with my toes like I could play it with my fucking toes yeah and i uh i ended up learning like this bach organ piece that has like a really low drone note so i'd be playing like with my hands and like hit it with my like i was fucking so obsessed spider monkey i wanted to be yeah just like crazy piano shred master and then yeah that just sort of dwindled off but like the I, michelangelo badio of fucking yeah, <laughs> piano. all all limbs incorporated <laughs> into it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I I love piano and and I mean I haven't played in a long time. My keyboard is like propped up against the wall, so I'm a bit nervous when I do finally go back to it. Like like as you said, you have to keep up. So yeah. I I feel that it's probably deteriorated a lot, but it's definitely yeah, like first passion, first love for me. And then yeah, when I was a teenager and 
because I got into metal pretty young, but I didn't find like the exact metal that I was looking for until I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, especially in, I mean, maybe you can agree or attest to this too. I know for me, it was like, uh, like I said, uh, starting off with like Black Sabbath and eat Iron Maiden and that stuff. And maybe even some that's not metal, but like the doors, which was kind of on like the eerie, creepy side. And it, as I got older and I was an angry kid, you know, it, it, my musical taste just progressingly. And yeah. I liked more technical stuff because I remember hearing about like death metal and hearing like cannibal corpse as a young kid. And I didn't like it at all. Oh and then yeah. As I grew older, it's just like I said, my taste and you're, and you change uh, either as a musician or just a, a fan of music. Like it's a, it's a progression. And I, I always preach that because like people that are really in the music know what I'm talking about. Like you're saying where you found your place in metal. I'm sure like you started at point A and then worked yourself to where you are now. So what was, what was your story on that? I have like specific markers that mm. I feel like were integral to like the steps that it took for me to right. find that place. Right. Like in, um, in grade two, I had this friend, her name was Laura Wolf, and for whatever reason, she uh, had found Slipknot, like, I don't know if her dad had showed her or something, <laughs> like, we're both very young, and so she showed me Slipknot, and yeah. we fucking loved it, like, we thought it was awesome, so for me, I think it was always finding, like, the heaviest, because I was like, whoa, this is, like, the craziest shit I've ever heard, so I was fully obsessed, and uh, I have a sister who's two and a half years older than me and she also got into more alternative stuff so when I was in grade four she started listening to Avenged Sevenfold and then I heard that and I was like oh shit like this is what's up this is what's fucking crazy and I was so obsessed with them I made uh, a Pixo website if you've ever what can give you a competitive edge in today's red hot housing market rocket can that's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Heard of that fucking, it was like some like create your own blog fucking shit in the like early mid 2000s. So I made this like intense fucking informative website like everything i could possibly find out about avenge sevenfold i was like compiling all this information i was so so obsessed and then uh in grade six my sister and her friend i think to try to to scare me they thought it would scare me they showed me uh born in a casket by cannibal corpse yes and i was like whoa no now this is like every time i was like this is the craziest shit i've ever heard and i think it's so funny because like i think uh the name they were like thinking it was gonna scare me they're like 
born in a casket, Claire. And I think I was so like, I was so young. I didn't know what a casket was. So I was like, yeah, cool, man. Like, just like, oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then grade seven, I found Cradle of Filth. Grade eight, I found Demu Borger. Grade nine was Behemoth. And then at the end of grade nine is when I found uh, Decapitated and Necrophagist. And that was like, that's the top tier. And then like since then, my life dream is to be like Vogue and to be like Muhammad. Like <laughs> one day, hopefully, I, I hope I can like commit time to practicing vocals and then just be like, <laughs> like shred guitar and do intense gutturals. That would just be like. And play drums or keyboard with your toes, you know, get those grim yeah, just, synths going. Just, yeah. <laughs> get some atmospheric shit in there. Right. Some, some toe synth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the, uh, what was it? The Mayhem movie that came out like a year ago? Oh, uh, is that the, uh, into, no, uh, behold the, no. It had Macaulay Culkin's brother in it. Oh, I don't, I don't think I've seen that. I've seen like a bunch of those black metal documentaries on YouTube, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen, uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Can't even, I can't remember what the fuck it was called. Uh, botchamania moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you, uh, what would you say you're more prone to now? I mean, are, are you really more, I know you're doing, you guys are like death metal, but, uh, you guys got some different shit going on with your band. Um, are you more, would you say more death metal than black metal or is which way do you kind of lean in that spectrum? Uh, I, I love black metal, but death metal is like number one place in my heart. Uh, yeah, my band, they consider themselves more like progressive metal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that with my influence, we will be more just like heavy as fuck death metal because that's fuck what yeah. I that's what I really like. I want to just be uh, slamming all the time. Uh, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, like old decapitated and necrophagist is still like top tier favorite for me. I also fucking love surreption, spawn of possession. I really like pathology. Hmm. Uh, they're pretty sick. I like lots of slam, honestly. Lots oh, yeah. of slam out there. Man. Well, you gotta be a big, uh, dying fetus fan you're looking for that oh, slam and that groove you yeah know? fucking love dying fetus oh also yeah I, I have to shout out deicide my whole band makes fun of me so hard what? because i fucking well like my deicide worship is like over the top so they make fun of me and and of course like we ride into the jokes you know but yeah i fucking i fucking love deicide so much like even my youtube channel I, think. Yeah, I was just watching you. What was it? Uh, a few days ago or last week when you were ripping up some DSI uh, servants yeah. of the light and shit. And I was like, this fucking girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have like multiple DSI covers. The only other band that I've done multiple songs so far is Demi Borger. But, and yeah, even, like on my Twitch, I have, uh, I have this app called go play along where you can sync up a tab to MP3 audio. So you can play, nice. you can look at a tab and listen to the actual music. And I have like 25 DSI songs on there or something. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, I go hard on the DSI. They're like, they're my party music. Like if I'm getting drunk, I always want to throw on DSI. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But at the same time, if I'm like bummed out and I want to cheer up, I throw on DSI. Like they're just like my everything mood. And there's uh there's this like metal bar restaurant here in Vancouver called Jackalopes. And uh I went there recently with 
Dean and I think also my my sister she was visiting and I think maybe like five deicide songs came on in the the span of time while we were there and every time I was like this is deicide blame it on God and I'd like say the song <laughs> blame it on God yeah <laughs> and like we have like the food and I like windmilling getting all my hair in the fucking food like yeah deicide <laughs> just just cheers me up man I fucking that's good good on you for that I I love deicide I mean that's my heart and soul belongs a lot in, on the death metal side to just like that classic, just American brutal death metal, you know, obituary, totally. deicide, corpse, uh, suffocation. I mean, it, the yeah. list goes on and on. And I actually had the privilege to play with deicide. Uh, oh, that's fucking awesome. Three years ago now. And uh, it was when Jack Owen was still with him. So that was a plus too, to yeah. get to talk to Jack Owen. Now he's making shit stinking that garbage six feet under and i'm gonna say yeah that's right. i said it it's barnes just give it up bro you're yeah, done it's man. over um yeah, but yeah it was so cool and to talk, meet glenn and uh talk to him it was fucking surreal like i said hey man let's take a picture like, all right what do you want to do i'm just like i don't know something cool like you know the typical yeah, metal dude. shit <laughs> i have a picture with him too and he's doing the same thing like right? I, yeah i was totally awestruck in front of glenn benton but i did have like a much more uh colloquial chat session with uh, steve ashheim which was super cool i think he he had been drinking quite a bit oh i'm so sure the guard was down and it felt more like broy. but i was like very nervous in front of glenn and he was driving that night so he was definitely totally sober but yeah i drove down to seattle because deicide was playing i think this was two years ago now and uh, it was around like May or something. And I, as much as I love DSI and I've loved them since high school, I had actually never seen them before. Mm-hmm. Like for whatever reason, just unable to in the past whenever they had come through or was out of town or something. So it's like, okay, they're fucking playing Seattle. I'm driving down 100%. And I went down with a friend. And the night before, I decided that I was going to check out the set list. Because I usually don't check out the set list. I just go and experience it. Right. But I was like, I just need to know it. I was driving me crazy because I have so many like all-time favorites by DSide. I was like, I need to know like oh, yeah. if, if they're playing any of my favorites just so I don't get let down. And when I read that list the night before, there were so many of my favorites that I legit cried. I was so happy. <laughs> Tears of joy. And then even still today, I think that's the best show I've ever been to. Like, they all fucking killed it so hard. They played fucking, like, so well, so locked in, such high energy. I fucking lost my shit, like, the entire time. I didn't mosh though because i had front like right at the front of the stage oh yeah and i was like i'm not losing this spot and I was right, very right. close to glenn so i was just like bouncing on the spot and headbanging <laughs> the whole time and like singing along all the words and i got uh, a glenn benton pick actually and i also got a pick from uh their new guitarist at the time, Chris Canella. So I had yeah. two picks and then there was a guy behind me and he's like, Oh, what? You got a pick? Dang. And I was like, you know, what? you can have this one, the, uh, the one from the guitarist. And he's like, Oh, sick dude, it's my birthday. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. I was like, fucking happy birthday, man. <laughs> yeah. I got Glenn's pick motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm not going to give up that one though. Yeah. That's awesome. Deicide, they rip so hard. It's like you said, yeah. I, they're, they're a band I could put on at any time. And I, I do occasionally in the morning on the way to work, you know, to get to wake me up. That's my cup of coffee with my totally. cup of coffee. Yeah, totally. They they know how to amp you up. 
What's some of your other favorite bands that you're into? Uh, Surreption for sure. As far as like a newer band, even though they're not, they're not that new. Necrophagist is old standard. Yeah, we play with Necrophagist too on Chicago at oh, uh. Fuck. And this is back in when I was in Decrypt. Uh, I don't even know, like twelve, thirteen years ago, Logan Square, threatening in uh, Chicago. Wow. That's awesome. As Glenn Benton would say, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that live? That's a running joke with me and my buddy, my drummer Brad. Um, whenever we go anywhere and it's like we're playing in the city, it's whatever. It's like Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, old decapitated. I still love Spawn and Possession. I really like. Did, uh, do you think they really did what they supposedly did? Oh, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'm just. Yeah. I'm being, I'm being weird. I'm being weird. Yeah, let's let's not even go there. Let's not. It's yeah. I I don't want to. Yeah, Speculate. I I I'm not one to say like to disbelieve a victim. You know, like right? Someone, no, I got you. If someone says something like that happened, it's like I ca- I can't really imagine the reason to lie. You know, yeah. like so I don't know, but I I have this like. I guess pretty fucked up mental workaround because I only listened to Decapitated that still had Vitek on it. Right. Okay. So I feel like after Vitek died, they just became a different band, really. So it's like Agreed. whatever happened there happened. <laughs> Sorry. I threw that one at you. As, no, that's all I, good. I hate to say a joke, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) moving along (laughs) so who else you got i mean there's got to be what about grindcore you listening to grindcore at all or no not so much i mean uh what's keeping you girl come on (laughs) when i first uh when i first moved here i guess not first moved here after i've been here a couple years i started playing in this band uh acidic death and we were like more grindcore death Mm. metal and it's super fun um there's nothing like holding me against it i just like more uh pristine production i guess i don't even think i can say that though because i well like so much deicide well that's why i'm telling you you gotta check you gotta check us out uh handsome prick i mean if you like we're the best everything as sammy hagar would say best of both worlds <laughs> yeah totally yeah i mean send me uh send me some of your grind standards i'm always looking for new music because i feel like i just listen to the same stuff got a lot got a lot i mean and, and i'll tell you what not a bad place to start would be probably one of my favorite grind bands of all time uh Nazem. oh yeah um, that's yeah that's nice. i was so fucking so fucking sad when misco <laughs> Got swept up in that damn hurricane. Um, oh my god! I, I was fortunate enough to see them on their farewell tour when they brought in uh, what's his nuts from uh, God who did vocals for him. I, I'm having a, a beer moment. I can't remember too much partying, but anyways, um, they they went on tour to kind of like, hey, this is our final thing, you know, and we're never gonna play again, which is cool because a lot of bands. Especially, I should say, like mainstream bands or some shit, you know, like look at your Allison Chains. It's like, all right, dude, you're Jerry Cantrell was a huge part of that band, but come on, Lane Staley is like a voice you cannot fucking replace. But they did it, you know, so I mean, money talks. Yeah. Uh, so they, they did this last little tour. They played Maryland Death Fest and shit. And I, I caught them in Chicago, luckily, at Reggie's. And 
it was fucking awesome. I got to talk to Anders, the drummer, and uh, yeah, I have mad respect for that band. They were to me, it was like the second coming of of grind, like the early two thousands relapse was putting out all this good shit, like Pig Destroyer and Nazem, and so on and so forth. Uh, and they they kind of picked up where Napalm left off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's if, awesome. So if you're gonna get into some grind, check them out. Check, check out some out. bird flesh too. Oh sure, yeah, I'll check it out. And so yeah. I, I have uh, I have a question for both of you. So oh, okay, since you're the guest, you know, however you guys want to answer, uh, I'm bad at at setting up these questions. It's very simple. But it's since you, you guys have both done tons of live like live playing. When uh, can you tell the story, or if there were multiple instances of when you got on stage and you decided, like, uh, this is for me. This is I love this shit. Like, when did you start playing or singing along or doing whatever you did on stage in front of people, and you were like, shit, this is this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to improve on. This is what I want to be a badass in. I want to make the audience go nuts. I want to throw picks so that people that have their birthday said, shit, I got a pick from her. Like, how, like, do you have a story like that? Uh, Justin, do you want to go first? No, you're a guess. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, a, hey, come on, girl. Don't get shy, girl. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, the, like, hearing those bands for the first time, like, decapitated and shit when I was young, and hearing that, that was the most, like, I I need to do that in my life. And I definitely always fantasized, like, playing shows and stuff. But my uh, my stage fright is, is definitely the biggest thing I've had to overcome. So really only recently, and I guess I can't even say, because the longest tour I've ever done, and I've only done one real tour was last summer with THC and we just did BC and Alberta. So it was just like a week long. So each show there's a bit less anxiety and it's always so much fun. Like I fucking love playing on stage with my band. It's a really good time, but I get, I get so fucking nervous beforehand. Like just, just real bad times. Lots of time spent in the bathroom, if you know what I mean. So like, I just, that part is like really hard for me to overcome. But once I'm on stage, I really love it. Um, I mean, as far as like one specific moment, I'm not sure if there was so, any one specific time. I, let me rephrase it. Cause while you were talking, I thought of a second question. My second question is, was there ever after, after a show where you were, maybe you were on the bill with a couple other bands or another band where you sat down and, and maybe you just started, or maybe you have that thing where like, I'm, I'm just somebody playing a guitar on stage when you, anyways, you went, backstage after the show and those other people saw you as a peer. So you just, so you started to have discussions with other musicians that you were like, this dude's a fucking badass. And he's looking at me in the eyes like a fellow badass. Like, have, do you have any of those type of instances where you're like, shit, I deserve to be up here and I'm just as good as these boners. Mm, well, <laughs> boners. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got. <laughs> I'm not your buddy. I'm not your man. <laughs> Fucking uh, oh my god, that's the Saddam Hussein South Park. I love hey, it. Say it. Yeah, I got. Fuck it, dude. So good. Um, I I don't know. I have the uh that um 
horrible condition where musicians always are really hard on themselves. So like, even if I'm uh, hanging out with other band dudes, my brain never allows me to think like I'm as good as anyone else. And I even have this, uh, this running joke in my band that I'm the Toki and Kyle is the Squizgar. Like I, I just, I have that self deprecating kind of mentality uh so yeah i don't know it'd be cool to one day be like maybe it's also because i like dean lamb of archspire is my husband so i'm constantly comparing myself to somebody who's like so crazy good and has so many more years ahead of me but i do have a pretty good story where i felt like like maybe i can do this or maybe i'll because uh before i was in thc and before i had really played any shows like when i was in acidic death we only played one house show um dean would always make me sound check his guitar to try to help my uh, stage fright if he was playing a vancouver show he'd be like okay you're gonna come on stage just play like a riff and it can be your sound check and like it'll it'll help you and the first time i ever sound checked uh, for Dean, I think was at uh, the Red Room or some some place like downtown Vancouver with a Psychroptic, and I was so nice. fucking nervous because the crowd was already in there that I sound checked Dean's guitar with my back to the crowd. I didn't <laughs> look at anyone, and I just played like a tiny bit and handed him his guitar. And then uh, there was another time he was playing uh, the rickshaw with Visceral Disgorge and a Despised nice. Icon. Oh yeah. And I was yeah, it's sick sick lineup and I was hanging out <laughs> and I was hanging out in the green room with a visceral discord and I was so fucking nervous just to play a riff that I was back there like practicing on his guitar for hours and the dudes in uh, visceral discord were back there and they're like, "Man, you need to chill. Like you're practicing more than anybody that's fucking actually playing tonight just to play some riff." And I was telling them how nervous I I am. And so when I go up to play the riff the for the fucking sound check the dudes in visceral disgorge came into the crowd and as i'm playing the riff they all started going claire 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 <laughs> and so then the rest of the crowd that's waiting for archfire to play all started chanting my name as well and yeah it, it was just it was just nice uh yeah and like other times when i've been playing with thc and you look into the crowd, those moments when you make eye contact with someone that's like really stoked and they just have like this huge smile on their face or right when you make eye contact, they're like, yeah, that makes me feel so good. It's like, oh, okay, what I'm doing is actually like bringing joy to people and and they like it and I like it. So it's it's all good vibes. So you got to get out of your own brain sometimes, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I mean, I've played hundreds, I don't even know how many shows now, and I, I still, I get nervous, you know, even if it's, we played shows in front of one person, we played shows in front of hundreds of people, and it's it's still the same. I always try to bring it no matter what, um, but it's always those butterflies, because you want to do good. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying uh, earlier, Sretton, it's where it's like meeting maybe a hero or a band that like, man, you know, they're really fucking good. But our thing back in the day was like, we all, we all knew we were good at what we did, but we didn't, we weren't dicks about it. You know, there's like a form of humility with, you know, we're not going to just go brag and blah, 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 be braggadocious about shit. But, um, 
but we knew we were confident in our abilities, which is, I think, key in anybody that's going to be successful. You have to have some of that, you know, in order to gain some success and maybe notoriety, because if you don't have that confidence in yourselves, no one else is going to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when playing like fat, you know, the three day fucking drawn out fests and all that shit. And you'd see a shit ton of death metal bands and I love death metal with all my heart and soul, but you, you know, Claire, there's, there's a lot of them that are kind of boring where it's just stagnant and you're sitting through and you're just like, man, I can't wait. That would like motivate me. Like I cannot wait to get on stage and like pump these motherfuckers up because I'm going to be flipping off stage and we're going to be beating each other up while we play, you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, Jimbo knocked me out and uh, our old bass player in decrypt, like knocked me out in San Antonio, Texas. Dude, I didn't know where the fuck I was. I, was like, Whoa. I got, but then I got pissed and I tried lifting his big ass up and he's like 300 pounds and I couldn't do it. And I looked like a fucking idiot, <laughs> but it was a good time. Nonetheless. Um, yeah. I do remember this one time, we played uh and shot to Matt Bishop, uh, who was a guest on this podcast, he used to throw on the Central Illinois Metal Fest. Um, we played one year with Decrypt and I remember uh, we had just fucking ripped it up and I did a fight like so I used to always do like flip somersaults off stage and I'm paying the price now for that. Um, <laughs> no one would ever catch me. They just people would scatter <laughs> like roaches and I hit my back and be like, <gasps> and like I hear people like he's fucking dead. He died. <laughs> like, oh. um, That's amazing. And uh, you know, just being brutal, but, and it wasn't like an act, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, that's how everything in my life that was negative all came out through yeah. that. And you know, like, as you're saying, it's like being nervous and especially fronting a band. Like I get like, you know, being in, in any stage of a band, but when you got to be the mouthpiece of somebody else's band, it's not even mine, you know, and you have the pressure of, all right, I got to perform for this guy make sure that, you know, their shit sounds good because it's theirs. It wasn't my original shit. I'm just the guy out there doing it. And then on top of that, you have to, you know, you have to please the crowd. Um, and then there is a little part that's where you have to please yourself. Like you were saying, Claire, where it's like, you know, you get that art, Musician, I call it an artist thing where you're never satisfied. You put pen to paper, that drawing sucks. You know, you put pick to fucking string, that riff sucks, you know, and yeah. you're constantly. And unfortunately, I've known a lot of really killer artists and musicians that haven't gotten anywhere because they let that aspect sink into their brain too much and they never get anything done. Yeah. You know, it's because like, oh, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. And they're just they never flourish. There has to be a point of acceptance at some time or at least a fuck it, you know, moment. Yeah. And that's yeah, kind of totally. where I would get. It was it's like fuck it, I'm just going to go out there like and and just be me and I was so into the music that it's and it's fast and it's aggressive. I can be fucking a maniac on stage and just like feeling it right now. Like it's been so long. It's been yeah. a year. Um but I remember flipping off that stage and then going in the back and uh Corporate Death from Macabre was back there and he was like he's like what the fuck was that? I'm like looking like what? He's like that was I've never seen any shit like that. And I'm like, Oh my God. And he like invited us to play uh, their Christmas show that year, which we ended up not being able to do. Cause we lost Brad at the time. Um, but it was like still a huge honor. Cause you know, like macabre, like legends, the death metal community and like, especially around here in Chicagoland and stuff yeah. for him to be like stoked at the neat. Whenever we play on Chicago, he'd come and see us and we'd be 
fucking hanging out and smoke blunts with corporate death and shit. That's fucking sick. It's fucking awesome, you know? And then you you don't really think about it at the time because it's like right now, like I I I think you're a fucking badass guitar player. You're an intimidating guitar player, especially because (laughs) and I don't mean this to sound sexist or anything, but you don't see a lot of um female guitar players in this genre of music at least that are of any good and have mm-hmm. the uh, the quality of background of musicianship that you have. So I, I really dig and appreciate that, you know, and it's... Thanks, man. That's nice. That's yeah. nice to hear. Anytime. Don't let anybody else ever fucking tell you otherwise. If they do, I got to fucking elbow wait for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually asked people um, if they had any questions for you. I did get, I did get one... I got a few, but I, I just wanted to take one because I didn't want to take up too much time with these. But I got one that was actually pretty decent. So I'm going to pull it up here. And okay. this one, uh, this guy's name is fucking classy as hell. I love it. So this is on Instagram. His name is <laughs> at some MF dude. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> or Avery Garner. So what up, Avery? Your question's on air. I hope What's you're up, listening. Avery? Like you said, you were, we're going to fight you. Um. <laughs> He said, hey, yeah, I have a question for Santa Bucks are back at Meyer. Now through Saturday, you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love. Like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just $199.99. Or an LOL Surprise OMG 2020 collection for $39.99. And Meyer is now offering free pickup on orders of $50 or more. So we do the shopping and save you time during this busy holiday season. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. How is THC doing? I, I, by the way, I love the abbreviation is THC. That's fucking yeah, killer. Yeah, pretty great. Um, how is THC doing during the pandemic? Tips for small bands trying to get by during these difficult times. Thank you. Nice. Thank you for the question, Avery. <laughs> or uh, some motherfucking dude. Yeah, savory Avery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or perhaps unsavory with his uh, implication st- of his name. Yeah, he's a stinky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the pandemic, like everyone, it, it hit us pretty hard. We had uh, like the saddest April Fool's joke ever because uh, my band, we had our, our first ever full Canadian tour booked. Uh, for all of April and we were going to go with our label mates proto sequence and yeah this was the first time any of us were going to go all the way across Canada and back touring and it was supposed to start April 1st and we had to cancel it because of the pandemic so that like crushed us and fucking destroyed our spirits especially because we um we had only ever done like short stints. So we used our drummer's uh, Tahoe before that because uh, we could all fit in it and then just tow a trailer. <laughs> but we needed something we could actually sleep in since we'd be going places where we didn't have any friends that we could crash at. So we fucking bought a van, a secondhand van, built bunks in it. Like, obviously, that's a huge investment for like. <sighs> I mean, my my income is piss. So like, it was hard. Piss, piss, piss. on my ass. Piss <laughs> on my ass. Yeah, it was it was, it was a hard uh, investment to swallow, and then for it to just be canceled. And we had like just put in the merch order, and then yeah, it was canceled, and we were all just so fucking bummed. So that like crushed us. Uh, but 
since then we've recovered and we've taken uh, this time to do a lot of writing for the next album. We've been quite productive, I think. And uh, it's been, it's been a good experience. Like this is like my first time really writing in a band. Cause I tend like all the bands I've played in the past, I usually just like join a pre-existing band. So there's so much material for me to learn first yeah. before I get to that writing stage. I feel and you I on usually, that sister. I feel yeah, you on that. Yeah. You feel it. So I usually end up like quitting or something or the band uh, disperses before I get to that point. So I'm at that point now with THC, which is very exciting. So yeah, we've, we, we've, turned it to an advantage because yeah it gave us a lot of time to write uh and then i also like because i got personally i was put out of work so then i started uh twitch streaming and uh, pursuing youtube a lot more and that has been super fun for me and there was one twitch stream where i had uh the other guitarist and the bassist of my band come over and we played through all of Kiloner a couple times and just like hung out with everybody. So it was because it's a live stream. It was a lot like an online show type thing. Right. And that was super fun. So, so I guess for the, the second part of Avery's question, like what to, for smaller bands in like this kind of time, you, you find uh, like the new age resources that are kind of there to help. Like I think, and I hope that we will get to go back to like real live shows with lots of people and moshing and shit. But in this weird interim period, turning to live streaming, I really feel like it has filled in a lot of that void for me personally. Like I've developed a nice community with people on Twitch and on YouTube and live streaming. And you really feel like you're hanging out with these people. And, and they're like, very they're interactive from when I was on uh watching you on youtube uh, everybody in that stream was very interactive and uh supportive yeah. which is cool yeah it's it's awesome and so it 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 kind of gives you like uh it's, it's the closest we can get to a show right now i feel especially like when it's live like that because then you have the like if somebody fucks up or something like there was one time uh on my twitch i was playing uh blame it on god and fridays <laughs> yeah. yeah fridays we usually get pretty pretty spicy like i had this drinking game going on where we take drinks for my number of mistakes in a song so at the end of the song we have a tally and we take that number of drinks a it's kevin a tally time. yeah and uh i was playing blame it on god and i always try to do the vocals and shit but i was like headbanging i was so into it and i fucking like smacked my <laughs> forehead on the mic <laughs> And it made like a sound and everything. And there was like a big red mark and it was like direct center, like totally like a Glenn Benton oh, star. Yeah. But that's the kind of shit that because it's a live stream instead of a, a pre-recorded video that you then post for people to watch, there's like those little fuck ups or whatever fuck ups, you know, in real time that you get to experience with people and they laugh with you and stuff like it. It has that like uh that camaraderie that you feel at a, at a real show, you know? Oh yeah. People are going to see all our fuck ups from tonight. So just let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. They got to see shit. We're nice and polished. You guys don't get to see shit. Mm. Just the best. <laughs> just the polished poops. That's right. The 12 Keurig per poops. <laughs> the I Bonos. I love all the fucking uh, South Park references. It's great. Yeah, fucking Bonos. Pity. <laughs> Give me the pity. 
Um, so you're, you have a, uh, you, are you endorsed by uh what, how do you pronounce it? Is it Kiesel? Yeah. Kiesel? I, I think it's Kiesel. Like I've heard. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, come on, Claire. You don't No, You're supposed to be like, I know it's uh, <laughs> like, I think it's Kiesel. These guys are giving me a free gear, but I think it's uh <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard Jeff say Kiesel, but yeah, mm. I don't know. It sounds like it's Kiesel. They have some yeah. badass shit. It's awesome. I, uh, yeah. So, uh, Dean has been with the company for a long time and I've mm-hmm. gone to, uh, NAM, the, uh, the guitar right. convention. I mean, it's more than just guitars, but for me, it's a guitar convention. Right. I've been there a few times and then we went just this last January and then I got, uh, endorsed, which is like one of the craziest things of all time. That's definitely like a, a life dream that I got to knock off my list and it's fucking awesome. I can actually, I can grab my two guitars if you want. I can You do it now. Show them okay. <laughs> Yeah. So for those of you listening in podcast land and on YouTube, Claire is grabbing her, uh, Kiesel guitars. These are cran- craft handmade guitars right now. Oh, oh wait. She, she's that one down. She's coming back. Oh, here we go. And she's okay. back. So this, uh, this is the first one I got. And I actually, I took it home from Nam. Nice. Yeah, I call it my reanimator guitar. That's killer. I love that. <laughs> yeah. The uh seems like the webcam isn't picking it up as good, but this is like straight up like neon green. It's yeah. Fucking, I like, see totally- that's the one you were playing on YouTube the other day when you're rocking some deicide shit, I think. Yeah, because this is a six string, so I usually have it set up in E flat for deicide, and I like to try to play Ingve Malmstein. So this one is Ooh, you gotta get those scallop frets, girl. Yeah, I mean, that's also a dream is like one day just play one of his guitars. I've never played a You've never played Fred. one of those? It is no. super fucking weird. It's, yeah. I used to work at Guitar Center back in the day and we got one of those in and I didn't like it. I mean, it's, I yeah. mean, I guess it, it's good if, you know, you're fucking shredding lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I feel like it would feel really weird. I want to know what it's like, but I, yeah. my immediate thing is like, what about slides though? Right. That's like, it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I didn't. Ooh. I don't know, but yeah. So this is my uh, my Kiesel reanimator, as I like to call it. Love this. So beautiful guitar. Yeah. So that one I took home from Nam. Uh, he let me pick one out, and so that was like my first choice. And so awesome you just one. did you just seal the deal at Nam though? Were you like they were like, hey, like we we want to sign you. Yeah, we we like discuss some stuff and sort of sealed the deal. And so he was talking about like making me a guitar, mm-hmm. and I was like, that would be fucking sick. But the following weekend, I was filming a music video with THC, and I was like, it would be so sick to get a Kiesel guitar, but it would also suck for us to film a music video and I'm playing an Ibanez in it. So he yeah. was like, okay, pick out a couple guitars here that's at the booth and if we don't sell it by the end of the weekend you can take that one home so that what i call the reanimator guitar was my first choice mm-hmm. and we went through the day and at the end of the day it was not purchased and he's like all right you can take it and it's like holy fuck <laughs> that's crazy. awesome it's so sick and then this one is my seven string and this one uh is like my total custom order so everything is like what i chose and it's fucking, I call this my Kiesel Kratos. Nice, um, right? <laughs> yeah, because this like gives me Blades of Chaos kind of vibes. 
Um, it's also kind of funny because now I, I saw that um, like Ballsack from Guar, his new signature guitar is this like neon orange crackle. <laughs> but I, I got mine first, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a two tone. So there's like the bright ass neon orange, and then there's red there actually, and then my fret dots are red. And it's a reverse headstock yeah. seven string, and it's actually the uh, like the Marco Kubo signature headstock. So I I don't think this is even like something you can order unless you get like the Marco Kubo guitar. So this is my fucking uh, pride. But I love I love the Reanimator guitar as well. Like I love both oh, yeah. of these guitars, and I got like um, everything as light as possible like i talked to them about what it looks light it looks like it looks like it's got some beef to it but it looks light for some reason yeah it's so fucking light like it's lighter than the uh the six string Mm -hmm. and that's awesome like especially now that i do the twitch streams and stuff i have a standing desk over at my station and i have done some twitch streams for like five hours so you're playing guitar standing for that long yeah the strap on your shoulder is gnarly so having like as light a guitar as possible is real handy hell yeah that's some badass gear Mm -mm -mm. yeah i fucking love those guitars and (laughs) i uh i have like all sorts of art and colorful lights and shit up there so and i have the guitars hanging on the wall and i have in between the two guitars is the Ingve Momstein uh, trilogy poster, nice. which is like orange sunset kind of stuff with a fucking green dragon on it. So it's like both guitars come together in one piece of art. And then I have <laughs> like some of my paintings around there and shit. It's like, yeah, I just like look at that area of my wall all the time with so much love <laughs> right like thank god for the pandemic then you get to spend time looking at that shit doing that yeah exactly that's a killer spot you got going on yeah it's it's nice my little my little station and then i'm like surrounded by dean's fucking amazing keysoles right now because i'm over at his station yeah. <laughs> station i thought you were talking about some bill and ted shit for a minute <laughs> no i'd always call like a, your work like your desk i was yeah, calling no, my yeah. station yeah i just assume that everybody calls their desk their station you know we're gonna start now <laughs> right so outside of music and everything uh what's some of the other stuff you like doing i you mentioned some of your paintings i mean is this some stuff you've done yourself or yeah uh painting is definitely like my my side hustle or like my back burner passion project type thing. Uh, I always really liked drawing, uh, Mm -hmm. but I had this hand injury that like even now still writing or like fine details hurts my hand. So I started exploring like different styles of painting so that I could still do like a visual art form that didn't hurt my hand. Uh, So yeah, I have lots of um, paintings all over the fucking place. And then I like video games and uh and movies and that and like some tv shows and that's like pretty oh, much yeah. it because yeah when you're like a musician it's pretty all all uh consuming <laughs> yeah oh i feel you that's pretty much the same same shit that i would say I, <laughs> i'm into too what uh out of what's your favorite genre of a uh, movie well and i saw on uh i was watching some of your episodes you're a big horror movie buff and i am also a big horror movie fan but 
also like I really like uh, sci-fi and like historical like medieval movies and the Lord of the Rings is like my favorite shit of all time but yeah, oh, yeah. big time horror fan for sure yeah we uh, and actually we have uh, so we moved it this year from Juice Pro Wrestling to the JP Dub the 31 Days of Fear um, oh sweet so every day in October on Instagram and Facebook we will be posting like little short clips little videos of movies that horror recommendations that we want you to watch. And they're just a little quirky, a little goofy, however, you know, some, sometimes they're thematic and, you know, it relates to the movie or we, we last year was our first attempt at it, but I was, I was like at work and like my favorite, like absolute favorite fucking horror movie. I've said a million times return to living dead. Um, I still have it cause the whole punk rock vibe, the zombies, um, it creeped me out as a little kid, even though it was kind of comedic. Um, I I was at work and I'm like, fucking everybody left for a second. I was like, man, I had this idea. I was like, I'm going to start doing this shit. We're going to do it all month. I didn't even tell these guys yet. And I just like, I ducked under my desk. I'm like, like I'm hiding from fucking zombies or some shit and made this short little video. And it's like, Hey, this is, you know, day one return living dead came out in 1985. And you give like a brief 20 second explanation. And yeah. with me, I do a lot of uh, trying to cut videos and it's, it's, it sucks because I try to do things in one take and it's, it's very, very hard to do that. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, when you're ripping through riffs and shit and with the video shit, it's, it's the same deal. It's like, oh, I, you know, I wasn't pleased with that. And I just, a lot of times it came out good though. Um, so that we're doing that again this year, uh, it's going to be bigger and badder and fucking more scary with the whole new list 31 days whole of movies and i mean we go deep from uh like cannibal holocaust to you know the stuff <laughs> and yeah. uh, rid- ridiculous shit so yeah i can't wait for that i'm always looking for um good new good horror movies because yeah you just like watch so many shit ones trying to find that occasional gem i actually um most times that I, if I find about uh, find out about a new horror movie, I usually check this channel on YouTube, uh, Horrible Reviews. This is this guy. I've been watching his videos since I was like 14 or something. And he just like, he just like sits in his living room. He's drinking like a beer or whatever. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to watch this movie now. And then he does like a little time lapse thing and then he's like okay and then he talks about the movie and he just always has like sick horror on there so i'm like okay i value your opinion so i'll see if he's reviewed a movie i check it out see what he has to say about it and then give it a go but um i'm curious uh if you have any like specific like country uh of of horror style that you like a lot like how like france versus korean horror versus japanese or whatever if you have like a favorite i I do i do um italy i love lucio fulci i absolutely is that sallow the 120 days of uh sodom or who's uh zombie um like house by the cemetery um and i'm gonna start giving away some of my Thanks, Claire. I'm giving away oh, my last no. already. No, oh, no, no, it's good. <laughs> um, I, as far as foreign like directors and movies go, and like I was a really young kid. I think I started watching horror probably as like fucking three or four years old or something. So I went. I got 
balls deep into that really early. And then yeah. as a young kid and a teenager, I was, me and my buddies were renting out the entire horror, horror section at the movie stores, like back when they had VHS and shit still, I was watching, you know, when that's how I got turned on like evil dead and all that stuff and dead alive. And yeah, it's so um, fucking good. It's so fucking good. But I, I would say Fulci is my favorite and he's got some, he's got some duds out there. There's, there's some fucking stinkers, but <laughs> I just, I love the Italian gore, you know, it's just, yeah. it's gore, gore, gore. And I need some more and Fulci does it right. And he, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's really disgusting looking, you know? That's awesome. I should check out uh, some of his movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely hard into the gore as well. Yeah, it's great. And, and I, I'm a fan of like, I love practical effects. I, it's a lost yeah, art, you man. know, it's Fuck. really uh CGI is I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. And this isn't a horror movie, but um, Mad Max, the new, the latest one that came out, which yeah. was mainly all practical shit. Um, as far as I know, I, I don't think they used a lot of CGI or hardly any, but and look at the 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 picture that you see you know that it, it's fucking amazing like that visual that landscape everything mm-hmm. it was it's a very well fucking done movie yeah and i know it's expensive and that's what sucks is everybody's so fucking come on hollywood you know you guys have fucking deep pockets you know it's not like yeah. me it's over here scratching a fucking kicking a claw to survive motherfuckers there's a finger to you but invest in your product. Give us the practical effects, especially. Could you imagine in this day and age, like robotics? Like if they were making, yeah, man. Um, we'll say like the Howling or something, fucking in today's like without CGI, just like practical with all the technology and everything. I'm sure yeah. there would be just some badass shit. But they don't. These studios are so fucking cheap. Want to be Walmart cheap now and yeah, cut budgets. They want maximum revenue. You maximum know, like, profits. Minimum yeah. fucking. You know minimum that's why everything's profit. getting remade. They don't want to invest yeah. in a great idea that you may have. You know, or a script yeah. or anything. They're not going to buy original content when hey, I can't buy original. I fucking own the rights to a. Uh, Evil Dead, yeah, yeah, we'll remake that or something. Yeah, which I didn't mind that remake at first. I was kind of like, yeah, but it was it was the same people, you know. Sam Raimi yeah. was behind it, so it was pretty cool. Actually, this is a uh, you know maybe you'll think less of me, but the the 2013 remake of Evil Dead is actually my favorite horror movie. I watch it like multiple times a year. I fucking I, love I don't, that movie. I don't think any less of you. I uh, like I said, it was pretty good at first. I was just like. Because it's one of those things where Evil Dead to me, and I'll give you another example here. Um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, it's my something God, it's so in my good. heart as a horror fan, so sacred and beloved, and cannot be touched because of the pure. People talk about The Exorcist, right? Is I've never been scared by that shit. It's a yeah. great movie. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When I was a young kid, as realistic and as gritty as that is, gives you a a antagonist or a villain in a character that is believably like going to scare you. And it is yeah. that shit could really fucking happen. You know, it's like some psycho unsettling. cannibal. It's very, and it's so raw yeah. and shout out, man, rest in peace, Toby Hooper, because he yeah. did so much great shit. Um, totally. Yeah. And, and like the, the feeling you get at the end of that movie, like her going away on the truck you f- you feel like even though the the visceral horror is over the psychological horror yeah. 
that's for screaming to be lifelong and you like feel so much in in literally no words like that yeah that movie is a fucking masterpiece yeah, yeah you, you the movie ends and you walk away and you're watching your back <laughs> yeah. yeah you hear those you're listening for off in the distance chainsaw noises like did you guys just hear that shit yeah. And I love Leatherface at the end where he's just like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that crazy motion. I love playing it as a Mortal Kombat 10 too. It's like, you got to oh, go with Leatherface every time. That's so <laughs> sick. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, but and then like back to you, the... Let me, let me ask you something real quick. Not to yeah. cut you off, Claire, but uh, you're talking when you're talking about the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. I, I have it on DVD. Like I bought it when it came out. Like I said, I wasn't too... I didn't think it was too bad, you know, and that, but I, me and my girlfriend watched it uh, probably a month or two ago and I really appreciated it that much more. It's like, wow, it's really fucking well done. But uh, I think they released a extended cut or some kind of director's cut. I don't know oh, if yeah. you have seen it within the past couple of years. I hope so. I mean, I usually watch that movie like a few times a year because mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's just like, it's like the same way I feel about Deicide. Like it's just a good time movie. Like I always just, yes. I just have a good time watching it. And it's like death metal, the music video or like <laughs> death metal, the movie or something like it yeah. just feels like a giant music video. Like it's just over the top the whole time and it gets into it quick. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen the extended or director's cut or whatever. Cause I like, I was just, you know, watch stream movies online. You know? hey, I, I don't own a fire stick. Yeah, the uh, never done yeah. it. Yeah, you know the the. Uh, <laughs> I do have a really yeah. massive. It it kills me, but I I actually just bought a house, so hopefully I'll be able to unveil them. I, I just that's my dream is I just want all my horror collection and books to be on display <laughs> for everybody. Like this guy's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be so awesome. Have like oh, a. I have a collection. shit ton of horror movies and DVDs and like I we were talking earlier about Michelangelo Badio. I have Shock 'em Dead on VHS. Um I don't That's know if, awesome. if you're familiar with that. It's a ridiculous movie. Uh I I just I fucking love it. It's like to me it's a, it's a genre that's you know I can't really explain it. It's you know, once you're a horror fan, you're sucked in. You're sucked in. Like it, there's yeah. so much great shit. I mean, even going back to like, I love the goofy shit too. I love my gore. I love my goofy stuff. That's why like Evil Dead and uh Army of Darkness and Sren's a huge fan. And we actually have yeah. a uh Army of Darkness Evil Dead podcast in the works. Oh, so. <laughs> fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, I fucking love Evil Dead. I have a bunch of uh like horror movie merch. I I'm really into like getting the uh, the shirts more so than like death metal shirts yeah. nowadays. Oh, that was the thing like for me in the mid 2000s I had so much great fucking uh horror shirts and I don't know where the hell they're all at now. Um but yeah, you know, if once we start this uh maybe we'll hit you up and you can get down on this Evil Dead podcast with us. Yeah, that would be awesome. I I love uh I fucking love Evil Dead. Actually, um Dean and I we were watching a little while ago like the uh the behind the scenes for Evil Dead 2 and they're talking about how they like did certain scenes and I I don't remember if it's like um a pencil flying through the the screen or something but you can actually see uh the wire so they talk about like these little like fuck-ups that they did at the time that like you never would notice until they point it out to you and then it's just forever you're like oh my god it's fucking you know like these little (laughs) slip-ups but it's just so it's so endearing you know it's so much more endearing 
It's so great. And I loved, I'm, I'm so still to this day heartbroken. It's been like two, three years now since they canceled Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm. Uh, did you watch any of that? I, I didn't really ever uh, get into it. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah. Oh I just, I watched like the first episode and I was like, eh. <laughs> She's like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Me, I the one. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was just like, like I, I just need bruce campbell as like this iconic like 80s 90s like he's stuck in time for you peace yeah like i don't know if it was something like that like seeing him in like a totally modern even though he has like a brief cameo in the 2013 yeah uh, yeah but yeah i don't know if yeah just seeing him in like a modern uh modern movie was just like strange and it's back to that like cg versus practical effects like even just like modern cameras and shit have like such a different vibe than when you're watching old school movies that i don't know it like i don't know that i guess there was like some weird cognitive dissonance i was like no 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 no, no. like he's fucking stuck in his car i slept too long <laughs> right the alternate ending <laughs> yeah it wakes up an old man and shit yeah i slept too long <laughs> that shit's so fucking funny man oh it's great those yeah that's a movie like along with like return of living dead i that i could watch all the time i i absolutely fucking love and you know the reanimated guitar that i i love reanimator and once yeah. again, sadly, R.I.P. Stuart Gordon, who just passed yeah, away. Man. It was this year, I believe. Yeah. God, and, and he did a lot of Lovecraft stuff. So he did um, mm-hmm. he did the Reanimator flicks, and he did uh, From Beyond, which is yeah. with Jeffrey Combs, which is yeah, really weird, sexual, yeah. alien, weird. <laughs> I wasn't as into that one. And he did uh, Castle Freak. I well. love Castle Freak. Yeah. You get to see the freak's wiener in that movie. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was on our list from last year <laughs> oh yeah yeah dude Stuart gordon is fucking awesome and like i'm a huge hp lovecraft fan so the fact yeah, that yeah. he he clearly was as well like doing lots of uh renditions reanimator is is one of my favorite movies as well like it's an amazing story by lovecraft Great. if you haven't read that one but like i have all of his stories yeah his his uh Stuart gordon's take on it is really fucking awesome Oh yeah. yeah, I liked and, and the sequels were great too. Like Bride was good and Beyond was good. I mean, they, nothing is is as good as the original. I remember uh, about thirteen years ago, I bought a uh, the Anchor Bay put out a fucking like a box set of it. It was like a this was back when 
you had to go uh, in in the malls out here to I, I forget. Sutton, help me out. What were the stores that had like the rare horror DVDs that were super expensive? Spencer's FYI, uh, no Columbia House or whatever the hell no, that place I is called. What the fuck they were called? Anyways, Moot Point. Um, I picked up this box set right, and it's it came with a fucking. It was a, a pen, but it was the reanimator needle. And it was like, it was green fucking fluid oh, shit in it, but it was sick. a pen. I never yeah. used it. I don't know where the fuck it's at now. And I'm heartbroken, but I still got the double DVD. It had like all these new interviews with the cast and stuff. And uh, I've actually re- reached out to uh, Barbara Crampton to try to get her on this show. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to get there. It'll, it'll get there. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's so <laughs> awesome. I fucking love reanimator. I was, uh, I was Herbert West for Halloween one year. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was, it was when I was back in, uh, in music school. So yeah, I had like my hair slicked back and I got, uh, some glasses and I had a white, uh, you know, like sort of lab. Do you have of pictures of this? Fuck. Maybe I'll, I'll look for it and I'll see if I can, uh, send, send you and then you can yeah. like plop them up. And I, uh, I, I tried to make my own reagent serum because I didn't want to just like use glow in the dark liquid or something like I wanted to concoct my own version. So I had like a few different versions. I was trying to get like the right consistency color, make it glow. And I, so I eventually, I think it was like Mountain Dew and aloe vera and uh still like some uh toxic waste glow in the dark liquid <laughs> shit and i had it in a syringe and yeah i went to school like that and i had the syringe and i had it like on my desk all day and i was like the fucking reagent serum like i was just so <laughs> into it all day long like cat dad details later all this sort of <laughs> shit like just, just yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah i'll try to find a picture yeah and uh send it to you Hell yeah, yeah I awesome. fucking I love that shit, dude. So what's uh what's your favorite um modern horror movie you'd say that you've seen maybe in like the last decade or so? Yeah, I guess I, the the Evil Dead remake It'd probably be also, that one. Yeah, but I'm also a big fan of uh, Korean horror movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sred's got the Amazon Prime. <laughs> He's been watching a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, I love um there's like, uh, I think actually also if you watch uh, this channel on YouTube called Nerd Writer, mm-hmm. he, has a, he has a video specifically on Korean horror. And I think he, uh, he outlined it really well. He said um, that like most, most Western horror, the end um, emotion they're trying to make you feel when you're walking away from it is fear. Whereas the end emotion of Korean horror when you're walking away from it is sadness. Uh, and I just, I vibe with that because I really like that fucking depressing ass <laughs> shit. You're a goth kid, right? Remember? Remember? Yeah. Yeah, remember when you were a goth kid? Remember when you listen to Sam Han? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, it's it's so good that like... Yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, if a if a movie like through the whole thing is is pretty bad, but ends really depressing, it completely redeems itself. <laughs> did you see the latest Pet Cemetery, the remake? I did. Yeah. What did you think about that? I mean, because that's kind of at the end. You know, you kind of got what your everybody dies. Yeah, I mean, it, like. Yeah. I'm also not a super big fan of the original one. Really. 
Yeah, like I How just, dare you? I just found the the like it was all so good, and then the ending kind of lost it for me. Like the the child demonic thing, I don't know. I just I was like, yeah. And then yeah, the the, <laughs> the remake, kid was too cute. Yeah, yeah, it's just not too cute to be Satan. Hey, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as uh, I I don't know. Like for me, The Shining is like. Yeah, probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation. That shit's. Did you watch? Uh, have you seen Doctor Sleep? Yeah, I saw. It. <laughs> I, I, it was on, uh, on the fire stick. Oh yeah. Somewhere at somebody's house, not mine. Um, I think I saw like I tried watching like ten, fifteen minutes of it, and I was like, yeah. Eh. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I did, uh, but. Uh, kind of man. Yeah, man. Like I know that. Um, it's no Sharknado, you know. Oh God! <laughs> like I know that they touch on the um, what do they even call it? I forget now. The like telepathy thing. They, yeah, they, yeah. They touch on it in the original Shining, but I I like oh Shining. That's the fucking Shining. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! It's hey, the it's the Shining. You don't want to get sued. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know they touch on it, but I like how how like realistic or plausible just the idea of like going out into this super secluded area when you're really stressed because you're trying to fucking write this book and you're just not getting it out that you get that cabin fever and you just like lose your fucking mind like there's there's so much like visceral realism to that that i really like so like without any of the supernatural shit it's just like a fucking creepy ass good movie and then dr sleep is like like dean and i really make fun of it because like why are vampires or like they're like psychic vampires why are they always sexual why is it always like uh, and like they're getting off on like it's just so (laughs) yeah i saw like this little boy die and i was like i'm a fucking parent so it's whatever sometimes that shit affects me weird depending on the movie i'm watching you know yeah. Um, oh my God, damn it! This fucking kid didn't need to die. I need yeah. to get in there and help him. I cannot let the uh, the death of my unborn baby <laughs> <laughs> kill it. <laughs> kill it. Damn, dude. Oh, and actually, you know what? Since we're talking about horror movies, that South Park episode, they totally do the the thing thing. Yes, the they fucking, do. Uh, yes, they do. The blood with the yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which also, John Carpenter's The Thing is an amazing movie. One of my one of my favorites. Another one that was on our list last year. Uh, yeah, great. So I, I did. I the remake, or I guess that wasn't a remake. That was what a prequel, right, Sren? The 2011. Uh, is that thing 20, they made? Is that 2011 already? Holy fuck! Yeah. Um. Yeah. I kind of. I think I'd have to watch it again to really cast judgment. I had to give another day in court. Yeah. I remember it being like. Once again, they take all your favorites and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but sometimes these supposed prequels are still remakes, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, come on, Karate Kid 3, that was a remake of the first fucking movie. It was a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you know about that, Sren? <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's just my opinion, but whatever. Yeah, I wasn't such a fan. And I, actually, that's a good, uh, I think, a good example of like the practical versus the cgi effects and like the cgi was good in that uh remake prequel whatever the fuck you Mm -hmm. want to call it but john carpenter's the thing the practical effects are fucking legendary like they're so awesome it's creepy it's it makes you feel uneasy they're so disgusting the i my thing is in horror that really 
And he says, so I watch a lot of gore and shit, but like if I see it in real life, like when I sliced my hand wide open, I was like, oh, God, it's fucking. I could watch the most ridiculous shit that people are like, oh, he's a fucking bastard creep, you know, because he watches this and I'll be okay with it. But if it's some in real life, I'm like totally uneasy with it. But yeah. uh, those practical effects in that movie, straight up, like there were times I remember like being watching it for the first time, almost made me want to puke. Like when the head gets the legs and shit, it's like, the metamorphosis yeah. and like shit is like what really creeps me out in movies when things yeah. are like changing. It's like, like in the fly, you know, when like, oh, you know, like skin's just falling man. off. Yeah. The fly is amazing. That like, yeah, that body horror kind of shit. And, and also the, the sound design in the thing, like when the shit is changing and it's yeah. like that, like almost sounds like, like rubber stretching. Oh, or something. Yeah. It's gnarly. It's fucking and gross. It, Claire. Yeah, and it, it has that like almost like a claymation look to it as it's moving. Right. And I find like watching like claymation shit freaks me out probably more than like any other shit I watch. So, right. Going yeah, back so. to the way, way old school, like Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> <laughs> Something about claymation, like those, uh, the ABCs of death. Yeah, I got those. And, yeah, the the ones that use claymation, there's one in, uh, it might be the ABCs of Death 2, that it's like this claymation one. It's like a, I don't even really remember. It's like a bug going in this dude's head or something. That oh, yeah, one yeah. was like, ugh, I just, ugh. Something about that just really got to me. <laughs> I did notice recently, because I'm flying through all this Amazon shit, is... Uh, you don't you don't need any budget what uh, the technology and they almost always use the practical effects and no CGI. They've gotten really good in horror movies showing uh, face skull crushing. There's almost oh. in every new horror movie when you Savini see somebody, was the like, master of that shit. Bash in ahead. But with the new ones, they won't use CGI for some reason. They've figured out how to, you know, make it cheap where they can just crush skulls. I just watched a, a really low budget, very <laughs> not exciting uh, horror movie. Uh, it was called the night eats the, the night eats the world. It's a zombie movie with one guy in it. And man, they, like it, it, that's not the only one, but there's a bunch of these where people get their faces smushed and they cut to the actual face. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, it looks real. There's no CGI. And, uh, right. and back to the Korean shit. The reason it's so cool is there's a lot of Korean thrillers uh, with serial killers and stuff. Um, like I saw the devil. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, mm -hmm. dude. I fucking love that movie. And there's, so there's a bunch of those in that kind of vein where it's, you're like, this is a detective movie, but then it's, it's actually kind of a horror thriller and the violence in those is yeah. graphic. And when you're done watching, you're like, man, I think they killed like six people in real life to make this shit <laughs> yeah. very intense. And Campbell it's like Holocaust you said, Claire, when the movie yeah. ends, you're not like, even if they like, it doesn't matter what the outcome is when the movie ends, you're like, you're sad. You're like, fuck. Like, uh, have you guys seen, uh, I think it's, uh, I, I get them mixed up. There's a trilogy, but one is called like sympathy for Mr. Vengeance or something like that. I'm mixing them up. And at the end, when you see it, you're like, all these, sh all this shit happens at the end. <laughs> you're like, uh, nothing went right. This is so awful and sad. Whereas the zombie movie that just, uh, came out, that got famous, the sequel's about to come out. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, damn it. I forget what it's called. It's on a train. Train to Busan. I know what you're talking train about. Busan, yeah, that's yeah. on Shudder. Yeah. Great so movie. It's awesome. It's not that yeah. graphic. So yeah. they're, they're like thrillers are brutally graphic, but their horror movies are not 
like they're not that graphically violent, but that uh, train to Busan was, 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 was really good. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's it. really good. Yeah. That's, um, is that Bong Joon-ho is, or, uh, no, I don't think train to Busan is the dude who did, uh, the host and, and parasite and also Okja. Is there I don't see parasite is parasite worth watching. Yeah, man. It's so fucking good. Really? It's, Hulu. Yeah. It's not like scary or gory or anything, but that's like why I really like those uh Korean horror movies. Well psychological, you know. They're just they're just so fucking well written. Like the the story is always so good. Like same with Train to Busan or like The Mimic or The Wailing or I Saw the Devil or Old Boy. The Old Boy, yeah, yeah, Old Boy is tight. just so fucking perfect and like well thought out or um man i always fucking forget the name of uh old boy's a very, I, sorry old boy's a very good example of one of those movies where it has a happy ending but because you know the details of what actually happened like with the main character and the girl like when yeah. you know what the actual like what they did during the movie you're like good everybody survived but god damn it <laughs> like you yeah. finish watching you're like fuck yeah, it's not a it's not a happy ending no. for the viewer. Like, yeah, you're at the end of that. Like, Jesus Christ, that's so yeah. brutal. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love the vibe of uh, Korean horror. Although I just watched a zombie one. Uh, what was it like? Hashtag alive or something like that. And I didn't. Uh, wasn't really feeling it. It had a happy ending. It had a rainbow at the end with people running and holding <laughs> yeah. hands and shit. You're like, nah, this is bullshit. Yeah. Well, and that's the Fuck thing that. too is zombie movies. I mean, they got to be really unique. And I can't wait. That's why I can't wait to get to this year's list because I have a really, uh, there's probably three or four really unique zombie movies on this year's list that I'm excited for people to check out because I think they're, I don't think they're as popular as, you know, I mean, obviously they're not as popular as like Dawn, Night, Day, and Dawn of the Dead or anything like that, or Evil Dead or Dead Alive, but uh, they're really good where, where they kind of step outside the box. That's what you have to do now to make a good zombie film because they're yeah. so fucking saturated. And it's just every bozo with a fucking camera and like five bucks is making zombie movies now. Um, totally yeah i'm i'm excited to see that list because yeah i i feel that way so much like oh it's a zombie movie like it's probably not good and you kind of and that's how i got like i i don't like the found footage paranormal shit because i feel like worst yeah worst every yeah every jack off with a fucking yeah a camcorder and 10 bucks is like oh i can fucking put this like thing and the, like i don't like the paranormal activity movies it it's jump so scare much. shit nothing it, fucking happens yeah you have like you're watching somebody sleep and the fucking door opens or whatever it's like man if you're going if you're doing paranormal horror you need to go all the fuck out like you you have so much opportunity like you're doing like supernatural like that that means that like anything can happen because you're basically like it's like fucking magic can go down and you're yeah, just yeah. like oh yeah the fucking cup fell out of the cupboard or whatever is like, <laughs> right. dude just fucking, fuck that i want to yeah. see some weird shit going on yeah <laughs> yeah like i want to fucking like some fucking black ass shadows with some evil eyes there's some weird i don't know some yeah, trees or, fucking crawling up your skirt or some 
Oh wait, yeah. that was Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, like Evil Dead or like The Exorcist. If yeah, they yeah. were going, if they were going that hard that long ago, if mm-hmm. you're gonna do a paranormal movie now, like you gotta fucking go full tilt. And they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really have uh first Evil Dead. Uh, they didn't have shit for a budget on that film. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like it's 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 great. It's a classic. Yeah. Even so uh, I, like Blair Witch Project. I think that as far as those movies go, mm-hmm. that's probably the only one in that realm that I like. And actually, somebody commented on my Instagram recently. They said that they read something about how. Um, I don't know if it was like the director came out and said this or if it was the actors that said this or whatever, that the story is actually about those two dudes uh, trans like uh, transpired a plan to kill that girl. And it's, they're all like planting these things to psychologically fuck her up. Like they are actually implementing this torture on her to make her think that there's like some fucking thing in the woods, but there's actually nothing and they kill her there. And, uh, yeah, they like never show the monster or anything. And the other dudes, they don't show that they died. There's just like those teeth that they find. So I thought that that was really cool. And like thinking about it that way, it makes it like a more more interesting or like unique story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you totally got to go for uniqueness in this day and age because it's, it's so much, so much. Yeah. Um. So real quick here, I didn't, like I said, we're definitely... I we got to get you involved in like the evil dead thing. And uh, maybe, maybe to even get you involved on this list. Yeah. If your list is not yet compiled, I know it. I I mean, it's compiled. I'm, but there's always room for alternates and not only that, but maybe if you want to get in on helping on some of the video action, it's just short. I think what we do last year's friend, it was like 30 second clips. Try to keep it super short. Yeah, they're super short. And it's cool. It's it's fun because it's a challenge. Like I remember, I can't think of which one. Man, what was I cutting one for? Maybe it was Blood Diner. Yeah, I think it was Blood Diner. Have you ever seen Blood Diner? No. Oh, my God. You got to check it out. Sheeta. Okay. I was like, I have this. Uh, my girlfriend's got this light up like fucking pentagram in our kitchen. I just turn all the lights off and turn that on. Grab this big fucking steak knife. I'm like licking it and. It's being fucking creepy, you know, and getting creative and it's fun, you know, <laughs> that's it's fun awesome. to challenge yourself. And it's, it's cool when it's in the moment. That's, I like, I'm very much, uh, being a, a huge jazz fan, uh, improv improvisation is, uh, yeah. is really key to me in like entertainment. And it doesn't matter if you have some flubs here and there, because that's the, the realness, the rawness of improv, you know, that's going to happen because not, we're not perfect. We can't just nail it. But I still I like that. It's it's what makes us human and entertaining. So I like to keep it that way. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'd I'd love to uh get in on that. I don't know what kind of clips you're trying to make, but I'm I'm so into like costuming and trying to like recreate scenes and shit. Like that stuff is so sick. Yeah, just whatever comes to your mind, basically. And if it sucks, I bet Claire got down to sucks, go. Cut. <laughs> this shit ain't gonna cut it. And I gotta cut it. So real quick before we end here, Claire, I'll let everybody know where they can find you at, like your YouTube, social media, Twitch, and all that. Uh so I am Clane's World on all uh platforms. So on Instagram, that's uh Clane's underscore world, YouTube is Clane's World, Twitch is Clane's World. 
uh, even Steam, Sclane's <laughs> World. Uh, yeah, it is. For some reason, I I feel like I have to say this. It's it's a play on Wayne's World uh, because for some reason people miss that. Uh, I thought people it was fucking stupid. <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious. And then also, I, I want to quickly explain why it's Clayne because I get people all the time like, why isn't it Claire's World or whatever? So uh, the BC government last year or two years ago or something sent me a voting referendum package so on those you just tick off the answer and then you send it back all your info is like pre-printed on it and they addressed me as clain walton salter which is not at all my fucking name uh at the time it was uh claire walton sather and yeah like you said like i said you can't correct it you just send it back as is so it's like okay fucking sick if the government thinks my name is clain might as well be clain and my whole band thought it was so fucking funny so they started calling me clain and and it just kind of grew on me because it's also like it's a more ambiguous name like i've always felt like claire my name is claire like it doesn't really vibe with me like it's a kind of girly ass fucking name so i i prefer clean anyways so yeah so i started riding with it so if anyone is wondering why the fuck is your shit clean's world it's because that's that's my uh my new moniker oh yeah behind the music yeah yeah, so uh, it's uh, Clane's World on all uh, all things. And then my band is uh, at THC Death on everything or the Hallowed Catharsis. Do you guys have a .com or anything? Uh, well, like we a, do have a, a merch. A, yeah, we, uh, I guess, depending where you're from, if you're in the Americas, you should buy directly from us. So we have uh, the Hallowed Catharsis bandcamp.com so you can buy shit there that ships from Canada but if you're in uh, Europe or elsewhere you should buy from Lacerated Enemy because they're a European label so then the shipping will be way cheaper there and they're also they're on uh, Bandcamp and also Big Cartel oh yeah yeah, yeah. Claire yeah. once again thank you so much for coming on this has been a fucking fun and killer episode and I'm yeah. glad we made another fucking friend in the metal community and uh yeah, he, all the best to you. And like I said, we'll we'll be in touch. We're going to work some shit out. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I had a super good time. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Any fucking time. You guys <laughs> make it up on Clay's World. I'm going to fucking find you. I'm going to fucking blast your souls. Yeah. I'll fucking do it. It's for real. Hey, tune in next time. We're going to fucking bring the heat. Yeah. <laughs>